Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Body Wisdom Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a podcast where we talk through all things women's health, physical and emotional body healing, and a mix of just some really cool guests that we're so honored to have had on the show. If you've been listening for a while, welcome back. Today is a solo episode with myself, Gabby, all about dating. And just a warning before we start, I definitely don't recommend listening to this episode in front of kids or any sensitive ears. There will be a couple of moments that probably aren't very appropriate, but I'll leave that up to you. So to be honest, I've put off recording this episode for weeks. When I decided to record my solo this season on dating, I was actively dating and currently I'm not. It's just not my main priority right now. I'm navigating some big, exciting, yet terrifying life shifts that feel more important to focus on. And so it just wouldn't even be fair for me to date right now. Um, I'll share what's going on soon when it's more finalized. But with that, though, I'm super excited to talk with you about dating because I think and hope some of you can relate to how it feels in 2023 compared to how we want it to feel. It can feel intimidating, not great. I think social media has added a complexity to it. I think that our histories and our vulnerabilities online, and there's so much that goes into dating that is different now than what it used to be. And I'm not saying anything is good, bad, wrong, right, but it's just different. And I think a lot of us are just navigating how to date. And so I hope this episode is helpful. I learned so much in my process of dating um, and I just have some tips and stories and I'm just really excited to share them. So let me start with a little bit of a backstory because it feels necessary in order to get into the why and when I started dating. And then of course, like what I just mentioned, the stories and experiences that happened with it. And honestly, I'm most excited to share with you some dating stories that were submitted because I was laughing out loud. Um, so let's get into the backstory of this. If you don't know me, or maybe you haven't followed me on Instagram at all, or for very long, I was in a serious relationship for almost three years, but we didn't date. 88% of Americans are metabolically unhealthy and poor metabolic health is associated with a higher risk for chronic conditions like obesity and is also linked to inflammation, insulin resistance, and PCOS in women. Physical inactivity, poor nutrition, high levels of stress, and lack of sleep are all significant contributors to met metabolic health declining over time. And while we can become more active or try to eat better, the real issue is that metabolic health decline often happens without knowing it. And people are unaware that there are tools to help them to do something about it before their health reaches a point of concern or they receive a diagnosis. So that is why we want to introduce you to one of those tools. Very is a metabolic health company that combines a continuous glucose monitor, better known as a CGM with an easy to use app to help you find the right foods and habits for your unique body. I've been using a CGM for years, but Very has been a huge upgrade. It provides so much more information than just your glucose number, so you can really understand how different foods and blood sugar regulation techniques impact you and how you feel. At Body Wisdom, you know we're all about finding ways to be our own best health advocates and take control of our own health. Using a tool like Very allows me to experiment not only with food, but workouts, stress management, and sleep, and see how each choice is affecting my blood sugar in real time. 
It allows me what to see which habits I should keep and which, I, which ones I should consider ditching. So if you want to find the right foods and habits for your body while improving your health, you should give Vary a try. They're giving our listeners an exclusive $30 off your purchase using our link in the show notes with the code VSM dash body wisdom. That's V S M dash B O D Y W I S D O M. So that's $30 off for any new users in your first 90 days. Let us know what you find out. We met organically on the anniversary actually of my sister's passing and we were just together from then on. It felt too good to be true at times. Like I just met this person. I felt like I knew him. We just started talking and dated for three years after that. Um, I felt like I was going to marry this man. And from the minute I met him, I knew that I would soon love him. And I did. And I still do love him deeply. And even though I was in a five-year relationship previously, I consider this last person to be my first love. Like the deep, truest love that when you look over at them on like a random afternoon and you just have this knowing that he was meant to be in your life and you can't imagine life without him now. Backstory on him a little bit is that he is an incredible chef. And so I would often post his food to my social media. It was one way that he showed his love and it was through cooking for me. I'm gluten-free and a holistic nutritionist and he is not, but he quickly adapted without one single complaint. Like everything he made, he was sure to use the best ingredients. And I felt so cared for because I barely had to teach him. He just took the initiative and would Pinterest gluten-free recipes to make on his own and to make his own and do a twist to it, truly based on things that I mentioned that I like. And I don't know, I just felt so loved. And I wanted to share that with my little Instagram community. And so that's something that I often shared. I shared other aspects of really our relationship, but I always tried to keep it as sacred as possible as to not overshare. So when we broke up, in March of 2022, I went kind of silent on sharing him. We were living together and I moved out a month after we officially broke up. And then essentially, I just never spoke about him again directly on social. So it was this real realization of, wow, this huge part of my life and someone slash something that I love to share about is now gone but also I don't feel comfortable or feel it necessary right now to share the end of our relationship and why and the details because I was deeply grieving and also protecting his privacy very much. And even though it was still my story to share if I wanted to, and on top of that, he made it very clear that he agreed with that, that it was my story. I just didn't have capacity for it. I felt so deeply heartbroken and and it just felt too sacred to expose at the time and it it didn't feel necessary because I was still processing everything and boy let me tell you the processing of a relationship like that feels like it's never ending and that is a whole other rabbit hole but that processing takes up a lot of time and that's part of why I didn't, I didn't share. Um, so 
fast forward and this breakup was really the catalyst for my solo travel. Like when it was final, I remember sitting on our living room floor just thinking, wow, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? I planned on living this life with my boyfriend who would eventually be my husband and we would be together. It felt so good to have this partner to do life with who I love to be around. Like I not only loved him, but I liked him. And I think that's a, a thing that is just, it's not always there in relationships. You don't always like the person, even if you love them, but I, I really liked him. Um, and so I just was sitting there. What am I going to do? I have a few options. I had just gotten back from a solo trip to San Diego, a place that I had hoped we would move to eventually. I had moved to his home state. And so now I had a few options. I could move to Maine, back home. I could finally move to a new state like I had been wanting to do, or I could travel, which is something that I also thought about often. And as I thought about it, I went on Google and I came up with a company that I future traveled with. And I'll get into that. But the breakup felt like it aligned in order for me to travel. And so I took the opportunity, even though I'm a huge homebody. I love to be home. I like to curate my home space. I've moved so much. And I was so ready to just settle down have a home that I felt comfortable in and here I was about to move again and I really had no destination and so in choosing travel I ended up traveling solo all over the U.S. and um, three countries I counted 19 total cities um, that could be very wrong I just counted that before I started recording and the cool part is is that I was actually pet sitting which was so cool. So I was able to pet sit in these beautiful homes in exchange for accommodations. And I only played for a place to stay a handful of times throughout my year plus of travel, which was amazing. I am actually, now that I think about it, going to leave the site link for the company in the show notes, because I mostly had the best experiences. Um, I had a few tough ones. I'm not going to lie. Very, very few in comparison to the amazing experiences that I had. Um, but often it wasn't their fault. Like I was caught in a hurricane in Cabo and I apparently just didn't think hurricane season was a real thing. So I went there in hurricane season. <laughs> um, but anyway, so at times solo traveling after going through what felt like the worst heartbreak of my life was very, very lonely. And I don't use that word lightly. So one way that people often make solo travel less lonely is to date in the places that you go. I mean, eat, pray, love, right? Like it, it is shown in movies all of the time. A woman is solo traveling. She meets the love of her life. They go on adventures. Like that's something that people often do. It's not just in the movies. And so also a lot of the places I was going were spots I was considering a move to. So there was this potential that I would fall in love with a place and a person there. But I was so heartbroken. And so for the first six months of travel, dating was not even on my radar. I'm not a rebound type person. I've always given myself lots of time to grieve before dating or moving on to a new relationship. So 
for that first six months, I really just sat in my pain. I sobbed with a new dog or cat by my side. who was probably like, who is this person just crying? I want my mom and I want my dad. <laughs> um, so yeah, in unfamiliar places, I traveled to beautiful destinations like Portugal and the Bay Area. I pictured myself living there. I processed the hell out of my relationship alone with him at times and in therapy and I really just learned so much about myself and also the things that I needed to take responsibility for and the ways in which I needed to grow before my next relationship. So I spent a lot of time just learning more about myself and the ways that I contributed to the end of our relationship. Um, well, I guess not necessarily the end of our relationship, but just some some ways that I wanted to improve upon. So then fast forward, I've been traveling for about six months and I go to Lisbon, Portugal. And it's funny because I actually met Kiara there. Kiara and I met for the first time in Tulum in Mexico on her Nourish Women retreat. And then we met up again in Portugal in October. So when she had left um, and her friends too, two other friends that came that were awesome. So they left. And one day when I was alone again, I was walking through a miradouro, which is what they call viewpoints in Lisbon. And I hadn't planned to stop there, but I felt called to walk through for some reason. So I was, there was music playing, there were food vendors. It was just really cool because I had seen this miradouro before, but this all of this wasn't set up and so I was like I have to walk through this isn't usually here and I quickly saw this man who looked handsome from afar and at this time even before seeing him I was starting to feel the grief lift a bit and apparently I started to notice men again because for a while I had zero interest I was like I could see the most beautiful man in the world and wouldn't give him a second look because I'm just so sad right now. And so I accidentally stared for too long because as I walked away thinking to myself, if we're meant to meet, we'll meet again. He ran after me and literally kissed me within five minutes of talking. And you need to know that I say talking lightly because he pro he spoke probably like 10% English. <laughs> I was shocked that he kissed me and also I was annoyed that he did that because in my culture in the U.S., you would absolutely not do that. Maybe if you were at a club and you were wasted, this was like 7 p.m. We were sober. Not that being drunk makes it more acceptable, but that's just the culture that I am used to. And I told him it was not welcomed and I walked away. And I immediately told my friends and they congratulated me on my first European men experience. So we ended up meeting again throughout my time in Portugal. And he actually was so sweet. Despite the unsolicited kiss, he felt horrible about it. And it just, it was a culture difference. And I don't think he meant any harm by it. Um, he really taught me that there are still really kind men out there. And something that I, of course, missed about my last relationship was the love that I felt from his cooking. And here I was being cooked for by a Cape Verdean man, which is actually my ancestral background on my dad's side. It just felt really cool to be in his presence. 
And he was the first person post-relationship that showed me it's possible to be cared for in this way again. And even though he was not the right person for me and I didn't love him, this was a huge reminder and lesson that it was possible to love again in the future, which is something that after my relationship, it felt like I will never love somebody as deeply as I love my past partner. Um, so moving on after being in Portugal for a month, I came back to the States and I just really began dating again. And I was dating everywhere I went, everywhere I traveled, which was super entertaining. It's actually so entertaining to see the differences of people in different cities in the U S and so I'm going to get into that. But before we get into some stories and lessons I learned from dating, and also just tips that might help you in your dating journey. I want to take a quick break to share the stories that were submitted because I feel like we need a laugh. And some of these, there's only a few, but I hope that they make you laugh. So here's number one. <laughs> some of them were in the form of texting to my phone. And so that's how I'll read them. This one says, oh, I went on a date one time. And the guy blew his nose at the table, and when he finished, he put the tissue next to his plate on the table. I, like, almost got up right there. I should have, looking back. <laughs> okay, putting the tissue on the table at the date. I feel like people get nervous, and <laughs> I'm laughing about this, but I'm also wondering what I would do in that situation. Like, if I had to blow my nose, maybe I would go to the bathroom. Yeah, probably go to the bathroom. Here's another one. Here's one from last week. Guy told me on our first date that he made a girl come five times. <laughs> I laughed in his face and I called him a liar, LMAO. He went in for a kiss and started full on trying to make out. And then he grabbed my boob like a 13 year old. I was like, um, nope, no, sir. <laughs> I just, you know, when we're dating, this is why I say it can be fun and entertaining, partially, because the things that people do and the boundaries that people don't have, of course, like it can cross a line where it's dangerous, but I'm just speaking about someone just not having the social awareness that this isn't okay. And like, I feel like when you have your first kiss, it should be well known that you both want to do it for the most part, you know? And so that story killed me because going in for the kiss when it's not warranted, I feel like we can all relate to. Okay, here's another one. <laughs> Actually, before I share this one, I want you to know that this is not at all body shaming, but more so speaking to the culture of different cities, like I've been talking about. So specifically, this one's about Boston. And if you're familiar with Boston culture in the U.S., it's very rough around the edges, um, very blunt, but not in a New York way. It is just different. If you don't know about it, you'll have to look it up. And this story might make more sense of why it's funny, um, but I'm going to start it. Okay. When I worked at a bar, I thought the busboy was so cute, but he was too young and he said he had an older brother. So I was like, sweet, give him my number. So he texted me. He wasn't as cute when I creeped on Instagram and he had sunglasses on in most of his pics, but still just happy to be on a date. <laughs> we met at a dimly lit brewery for drinks. We played some games, had a great time, decided to go back to his place and we had sex. I woke up the next morning and almost fell out of bed. 
I hadn't noticed that the entire night this man had a glass eye. He told me he lost his eye in a in a fight. Typical Boston. <laughs> and that's why I say this is not about body shaming Boston. Like the only way you'd lose an eye in Boston is by getting into a fight at a bar. Okay. This last one is actually for me. <laughs> and then we're going to get in. Oh, wait, no, we have two more. This this one is for me, though. So I went on a date with this cute guy in San Diego, and it was actually the only date I had been late to because I could not find parking. The date was fine. Like, we connected, we laughed a bit, but I left thinking I could be cool with going on another date or, or honestly just never seeing him again. Either way, no attachment. And when I thought about that, I was like, hmm, maybe this is actually healthy because you don't always have to feel super intense emotions right away. I mean, I hear that from other people. So maybe this is actually healthy. I didn't hear from him for a couple of days. And then he messaged me saying he wanted to see me again. So he made a dinner plan closer to where I was staying. So I didn't have to drive into the city again, which was sweet. And he was going to pick me up. Since this was our second date, I asked to exchange numbers. When I texted him, I said, guess who? And you know what? Actually, let me just read this text exchange. So hold on. I'm going to bring it up. Okay. I love iPhone because you can just like, I can just type in guess who and it'll come up. So I said, guess who? And he responded, who? So I was a little hesitant, but I continued the joke thinking that he might just be playing along since we literally just exchanged numbers. I said, my name ends with the first letter of your name. He said, oh, I don't like this game. So I sent a fun face emoji and I just, I said, just play. He said, absolutely not. And I said, lame. <laughs> the next morning, essentially, he said he didn't know who this was. And I quote, he said, I'm not really about to play this game. I'm busy. So as soon as I realized he actually, in fact, did not know who it was, I told him it was me. It's Gabrielle. And I explained, I thought he might be playing along and to just let me know details for dinner. He then said, gotcha. Yeah, I can't do it today. I got that last text while in a Sprouts like shopping store, a grocery store, and I literally laughed out loud. I mean, like, tough crowd. Date canceled from a bad joke. That was the first one. I cannot be with someone who can't take a joke, but also maybe it was too soon. He didn't know my personality yet. Not sure, but also don't really care, I guess. Um, he was cool, but not the person for me. Okay, here's the last one. I was living in Rhode Island one summer. This guy was like a Rhode Island tennis guido. <laughs> we matched on Tinder, Tinder, which I should note was the only dating app I could download on my outdated iPhone 7 at the time. He suggested that we have our first date at a local beach later in the week where the town is hosting an outdoor movie night. I say, I'll bring the wine, and he says he will get the snacks. I show up at the beach to see a field of families and kids running around hyped up on sugar with their blankets set up. Picture pure beach chaos. It's 5 p.m. He got the start time of the movie wrong. It was midsummer and the sunset was later. So we walked around the beach for two hours until it was dark enough. We were complete opposites about every topic, and the conversation was incredibly awkward. He was a tennis bro that loved going on cruises with his family, which is my worst nightmare as a marine biologist. We finally sat down for the movie. 
What's playing? It's 101 Dalmatians, the cartoon version from 1996. Help. He didn't bring any snacks, so I sat there starving, very tipsy on wine, and trying to dodge any physical contact since he was being very handsy despite the many kids around us. By the end, I was almost sitting on the blanket of the family next to us as I kept inching further away from him. After the movie, he asked me if I wanted to go on another date. I said, no, thank you, and bolted to my car. Honestly, the fact that she had the confidence to say no thank you is incredible to me because I feel like so many people would be like, maybe or sure. And then in the future, just ghost that person. Um, I'm congratulating you. Is that the right word? I'm not sure for just being honest right away. And then you're done. You don't have to talk to that person again. <laughs> I loved that one. Okay. Now that you know some stories, let's get into some dating lessons and tips and just things that I took away from my dating experience most recently. So honestly, actually, when I first started dating in October, November of 2022, this was really my first experience as an adult going on proper dates. I had been on maybe a few in the past, but it was always so casual. And then remember my last relationship, we didn't have a formal dating stage. So this is what I learned from a more formal dating stage. Number one, first is a tip. I learned that when I approach first dates, like you're meeting up with a new friend, it doesn't have to be so serious and like an exam on if you're compatible. I find that when you have this mindset, you can be so much more comfortable just being yourself and taking the pressure off. Like you might be a little nervous to meet a new friend for the first time, but not nearly as nervous as meeting your potential future husband. <laughs> like think, figure out that switch. You in your brain are thinking of how to act and feel when you might be meeting your future husband, your future wife, versus you're just meeting up with a new friend. Play. This is so helpful. Just play a little trick on your mind with this. And eventually you won't even need to because first dates do just get easier the more you go on them. It's like the practice. It just feels easier over time. But in the beginning, if you're new to this, this is the shift that I made in my mind. Okay, two, don't necessarily hide the parts of yourself that you think you need to hide because you think they're not lovable. Of course, like have judgment and you don't need to drama dump on them on the first few dates. Just be yourself. You don't need to get into super deep, deep, deep conversation. This is something I learned as well. Just have it be light. Get to know each other. Again, you're meeting up with potentially a new friend. Just be yourself. But if you have strong opinions or just a big part of your personality that you feel like you have to cover up, there is someone who will love those exact things about you. You know what I mean? Like eventually they're going to find out. And when you lie or pretend to be someone else, you're painting this version of you that isn't you. And so eventually the facade will fade and you'll have to be yourself soon. And maybe then you'll find out you're not compatible or they'll figure out that they actually don't feel like you're compatible with them. And then it's over and you might have to grieve that little relationship because you are being someone who you actually aren't it's just not worth it and is not perfect like of course we want to put on our best face and show and all of that in the beginning but just be mindful about how much you're hiding in hopes of making this person like you because the right person will like you and I truly believe that when you meet the right person there's very little that you can do to make them not like you and so they're going to like you regardless. 
Okay. Three, not everyone's definition of dating terms are the same. So if you notice that you're starting to get more serious with someone, it's okay to have that conversation. Like get very clear on these terms if you're into another person. So that way you're on the same page. For example, some people think dating is literally dating, going on dates, getting to know each other, blah, blah, blah. Others define dating as being in a relationship. And so you can be talking to somebody and you could use the word, yeah, we're dating. And then they could feel like, whoa, when did we start dating? But all you meant was that you're going on dates and getting to know each other. And so just eventually get clear on this. I think it will prevent a lot of future confusion and potentially heartbreak if you are on the same page going in. The next one is that people can only meet you in places they've already been. And also empathy doesn't require you to have gone through the same situation, just a similar feeling. And what I mean by this and why it relates to dating is that if someone you're dating has never gone through a similar struggle or life experience, they can't relate to you in the way that someone who has can. If they've felt a similar feeling, for example, grief, you can connect on it, even though your experiences might have been very different. And so this doesn't mean that they're immediately a no for you if you've had different life experiences, but just know this going in. The people who have truly analyzed themselves and have a growth mindset without bypassing their feelings are the ones who can show empathy to you and your experiences too. And as a woman who dates men, this can feel very difficult to find. For me, this is very important in dating. I, the next person that I'm with in a serious relationship needs to be someone who takes an interest in knowing themselves and takes an interest in knowing me and when you've done your own solo work prior to entering relationship you can speak on it and again it doesn't mean that you need to know the depths of your soul and you need to know the depths of the other person's soul right away something I've learned as well is that that takes time however if you notice that this person has no interest and almost like loathes self-development or talks horribly about therapy or who doesn't seem to have reflected on their life in any way for me that is a red flag and I'm probably going to end the relationship in whatever capacity it's in pretty soon after that so I think that is enough said there next one is I'm a firm believer in being clear on what you're looking for. And this kind of relates to the dating terms topic, but you can be clear on what you're looking for. It's okay. If you are dating for marriage, you get to say that. You get to say that because the right person is going to be so excited to hear that from you because they're also dating for marriage or maybe they're not, but now they are because they're like, oh, I really actually like this person. Maybe I do want to date this person and eventually consider marriage with them. Of course, you don't necessarily need to know that right away, but just having that as your ultimate goal. Um, Something I find often, and this is just my experience, but with men is that say on a first date, you talk about what you each are looking for. A lot of men will often respond in a way of, well, I don't know yet. It depends on the person. And 
it's like, yeah, of course it depends on the person. I'm not saying that, do you want to marry me? What I'm saying is what phase of life are you in? And are you in the next couple years or few years excited about the potential of being married? And if not, maybe we're just not the right match right now. And that's okay. Um, with this and what you're looking for, like not just marriage and and what your goal is with dating, but also like you get to have standards for yourself. This doesn't mean you have to put your entire list on your dating app and learn it, learn it from me. I definitely did this. I literally had my list listed on my dating app in my bio. I was like, um, I'm weeding them out. It's fine. But it was a little aggressive. So what I mean by this is if you're not looking to just hook up, say that. It's good practice to date, but if the ones who aren't aligned swipe no on you because you're clear on what you're looking for, good riddance. Bye. You don't you want to weed them out because the wrong ones early on are just going to, to drain your energy for the right person. And so it's okay to be clear and not worry about people swiping no on you if you're using dating apps because that's great. You're weeding them out. Okay. The next one is you also get to own your desires. So for me, I desire to be pursued and courted by a man. I feel taken care of when the door is open for me and when the man plays the dates and plans the dates in the beginning. And this might just be from past experiences or I don't know, it feels pretty innate. Like that feels really, really good for me to be taken care of and vice versa. Like I love to take care of my man in different ways as well, but I want to feel protected. And I think that these men show you who they are early on. I do. And if you're a man listening, maybe this isn't your, like who you are, but this is just my experience. (laughs) I'm not saying I need to be a princess, but I believe he should be on his best behavior early on. And I'll be able to tell if it's a facade. I think early on, I have a pretty good gauge on the facade. Um, And I'm on my best behavior too, while still remaining authentic. So you get to, to decide what feels best as far as sexual experiences as well. And being romantic early on will not necessarily make them like you more. And at the same time, there are so many couples who were sexually involved early on and stayed together. For me, at this stage of my life, I'm very selective when it comes to this. And I follow my intuition here instead of my hormones. So I'll ask myself, how will I feel tomorrow if I'm sexually intimate with this person tonight? Most often, the answer is that it will not feel good. And so I protect my future self, even if I naturally feel engaged or tempted with this person. So with this, we all have needs. So if you need to get yours out of your system and you can handle the potential down feelings the next day, go for it. It We are all so different. But for me, I very much listen to my body and not necessarily what will feel like I'm connecting with someone in the moment, but I'm looking at the long term here because I am dating to eventually marry somebody and that person will respect my decision either way. So the next one is a little more spiritual, but going back to my last relationship, I believe I've lived many significant past lives with my past boyfriend. I actually meditated on it and many of them were beautiful and positive. And I think that's part of why the breakup was so painful. It felt like I should always be connected to him. 
And when I was dating, I noticed early on if I've lived negative past lives with the men that I was dating. And honestly, there weren't many. A lot of them felt new to me. But when I did feel it and it felt like bad energy, I moved on right then and there. I do not need to carry on that bad energy. I clearly learned a lesson with them in a previous life and we don't need to continue that in this one. And so I think that even if you don't believe in past lives, even if that doesn't resonate, just going with your gut feeling early on because your body is telling you something. This one is a big one that I learned. I learned this mostly in relationship, but it also came up as I was dating. I dated a couple people more seriously um, and eventually this would come up. And so the lesson is that it's not always about you. And when they're feeling off or acting off, it doesn't mean that you're to blame. It could be about you, but give it time to naturally unfold before that accusation. I learned that and it's actually pretty self-centered to immediately think it's about you. Like maybe they're just having a bad day and you can check in on them in a loving way, but the difference is accusing them of changing right away. Your intuition is important here though, because you can discern between, between the two. You shouldn't be the punching bag for their bad day. And just know that if you continuously feel that someone is pulling away, trust that. And you can you can later have the conversation. I'm just meaning in the beginning of someone acting a little off from the beginning, um, it's not necessarily about you. And maybe it would be sweet for you to just check in on them before immediately assuming. It's tough until you really get to know somebody as well. This next one is something that's not always talked about with dating and it's body image. Like it can feel so intimidating to meet someone for this first time and wonder, are they even attracted to me? Especially if you're on the apps. Let's be honest. Everyone looks a little different in person. There are men who will be so attracted to your look and your body type. I'm telling you something that I think makes this really hard is the pain and wounding that a lot of women have with men who follow a ton of half-naked girls. Like it can feel like they just won't like you because you're you don't look like the woman they're following. And clearly if they're following them, then that's who they're attracted to. But remember, this is social media where there is Photoshop, Botox, fillers, and subtle body changes that you might not even notice. So It doesn't make them bad. And I believe each person can do whatever they want with their body, truly. Like if you want plastic surgery, I believe you should be able to go get it. And I would never shame someone for doing so. Just know that this isn't necessarily the standard for what all men desire. Not every man desires to be with a woman who gets a lot of alterations. And some men don't care at all. And that's amazing. But just don't think that this is a standard that now all men want women who have alterations. Like you're allowed to show up as you and you're beautiful regardless of what you decide to do with your body or decide not to do. And so what I find that men really love is confidence and they like different types of women. And so you could be the exact person they're looking for. And I don't want you to dim yourself because you immediately think that you're not. And I want you to put on an outfit that you feel super confident in, or at least a little confident in, 
And don't hold back on your personality. It will go so far. And it's not just, oh my gosh, like personality matters more than looks, vice versa. It's just that confidence is shown in so many different ways. And so if you're not feeling your best, maybe you're on your period on your date, like that doesn't feel the best. You can still show up as confident in yourself in different ways. And maybe that's in your personality. Maybe that's in the way that you are hilarious. Maybe that is in your storytelling or Maybe that is in the way that this person feels connected to you by the way that you ask about them and the way that you care and about truly getting to know them. Like it's not all about looks. And so just know that we're all doing it. Men feel it too. They go into dates feeling a little uncomfortable because you just don't know, especially when you're coming from the apps, you don't know, are they going to like me in person versus what they saw online? And so Just know that you're not alone in that. And lastly, this is the last one. It is okay to be sad when dating someone ends, even if you didn't envision a future with them. Even if you were the one to end it or you dated someone for a few weeks and you were excited in the beginning and then it ended up not working out, it's okay to still feel sad about that because at one point you were kind of excited probably. You were excited at the potential of them and dating can feel exhausting. Like you're putting yourself out there on top of everything else in your life. And if you're like me, you feel so at home when you're in a true partnership where you're building together and you don't have a desire to date and sleep with random people. If you do, again, that's totally fine. But speaking to those where that's not the current goal, this can make dating feel so tiring and just know that when you make yourself uncomfortable through experiences like dating, you're strengthening neural pathways that will support you in other areas of your life. I'm telling you, when you actively date and get through the discomfort that can come up from dating, you are strengthening your confidence in other ways, maybe in your job, maybe presenting, maybe if you have a business on social media, like showing up on stories you are showing yourself what's possible. And so it's not just about dating. You're gaining confidence and resilience in other areas of your life too. And also going back to the the first one of just pretending like you're just meeting a new friend, you might meet people that later just become your friend. And this has happened to me. And it's so cool to see how relationships can naturally evolve into friendships, even if you're not romantically compatible. You might meet someone who you immediately have the feeling of, no, like, I'm, yeah, this isn't my person. However, you connected and you feel a friendship that could bloom. And if you both feel that way and you both don't feel romantically attached, like this could be an opportunity to make more friends. And that's really cool. So those are my lessons. Those are my tips. I really hope this episode, or at least part of it spoke to you in some way, And just remember that dating can be so fun and it can have so much less pressure if we show up with that mentality. We don't have to go into every date thinking that I have to be perfect because this could be my future husband because your future husband will not need you to be perfect on your first date. And I think that's where I'm going to end it. Thank you so much for listening and go ahead and check out the show notes 
for our latest offerings and you can follow along with us on social media. Um, we have Body Basics, which is our course blending nutritional and nervous system foundations. We launched a few months ago and it's just truly everything that we always come back to to nourish our bodies from the inside out. And so that's available. You'll see the link in the show notes. We are actually running a giveaway because this is coming out in two days since I <laughs> delayed recording. We're running a giveaway with Body Basics and Jigsaw's Magnesium Bundle, which is insane. Like that's an amazing giveaway. And so go check out the Body Wisdom Podcast Instagram page for what you need to do to enter the giveaway. And after that, even if you don't win, check out Body Basics. I think that it is an amazing way. Even if you feel like you're already doing the foundations, there are so many people that joined that are doing the foundations yet gained so much knowledge from the course. And so with that, I would love to stay connected and so follow along with us and we'll see you next time.